You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Zolak and Bertrand, middays on the Sports Hub. Now Gunnar Olszewski stands to our right outside the 15-yard line on the far hash, inching forward with a snap to Jake Bailey. Right foot's the kick, short. Olszewski with a fair catch called for it. He drops it, and Schooler is there for the Patriots on the 20-yard line. Uh, to me, that was the play of the game. Yeah, it was Gunnar Olszewski working as a special agent for the Pats today. Big turnover there. NVIDIA Bank and Adrian Phillips teaming up for Be a Champion for a Child this season to benefit the Boys and Girls Club of Metro West. New England's defense, well, defense and special teams, forcing two turnovers. NVIDIA Bank donating $2,000 so far this season to help at-risk children. NVIDIA Bank, honest to goodness, member FDIC, member DIF. Jim Murray, Joe Murray here on the Shaw's Patriots postgame show, joined by Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com. Patriots get their first win of the year, 17 14 over the Steelers in Pittsburgh, I thought that was the key point of the game, uh, Greg. And, I don't know, just looking at this game overall, good win, lucky win, or overall just, okay, yeah, they won, but dot, 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 there's still concerns. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's got to be the latter. I mean, they won. I think they were expected. They were. I think it, the line went to three points before kickoff. That was the final margin. Um, this game went largely how I expected it to. I figured it would be low scoring. I thought that the Steelers' offense was much worse than the Patriots, uh, especially because of Mitch Trubisky and his one-read, check-it-down offense. And that's the way things went. But, you know, you got to give credit to the Patriots uh, running the clock out, imposing your will on a defense at the end of the game like they did, running off the last six minutes. Um, that's huge. Maybe they found their identity on that drive. It's definitely possible. I mean, you also do have to point out that, uh, you know, the Steelers didn't have J.J. Watt, but this is also a Steelers team that had played five full quarters in week one. So I think that definitely worked to the Patriots' advantage on that final drive. But there are still a lot of concerns about the offense. I mean, you know, through three games, they really have one sustained score uh, through two games. They have one sustained scoring drive um, in week one against Miami. The other two scores were, uh, you know, a a fortunate play to Nelson Aguilar, great play by Nelson Aguilar to come up with that and score. And then, you know, like you said, the the gunner punt, 10-yard scoring drive. I mean, that's what they have so far. So uh, definitely um, some things to still be concerned about. But this was a win they desperately had to have, and credit to them, they delivered. Hey, Greg, what was better today, Mac Jones' offensive play or the offensive play calling? 
I don't think it was Mac. I did not think he played well in this game. I don't think he saw the game well. I thought the interception that he threw uh, to Parker, who out now has four targets on the season, one catch for nine yards and two interceptions on his four targets, uh, that was a poor read by him. He got fooled into it. The Steelers uh, switched the Tampa 2 coverage, and Mac fell right into the trap. He should have thrown an interception before the fumbled punt, but Sutton just completely dropped the ball that was right in his hands. Uh, he missed Jacoby Myers wide open on a third down when he forced it to Jonu Smith. When the play is designed to go to Jacoby Myers on sort of a rub pick route sort of thing, I don't know. That's unlike Mac to miss that play. I, you know, I think you got to look at to me offensively the offensive line. I thought they did a really nice job protecting Mac. There was the one free runner, the sack that it looked like Trent Brown gave up again, but outside of that. I thought they protected him really well. The Steelers, they spread out the Steelers, which I thought they were going to do to keep them to not allow them to get in sort of their designer blitzes and things like that. And I thought the offensive line uh, run blocked really well, especially on the, that final drive where they did a lot of you know power stuff, pulling the guard. Then they ran a couple of wide plays to sort of finish it off. Uh, to me, I thought, you know, I gave a game ball to all five guys up front on the offensive line. I thought, you know, they sort of own the game, controlled the Steelers, which are, you know, they're still, even without Watt, they're still good up front. And I thought they controlled the game. That that Those Parker numbers, can you give me those again, Greg? That's because, and Joe mentioned too, I think he was on the field for, I think, 53 snaps today. Like, I, I he, yeah. He has two targets in each game. The first game, he was he had the one catch for nine yards, a little check down sort of crossing route. The other one was picked off in the end zone. But the Raiders were completely physical with him and shut him down. He did nothing in the joint practices. The Dolphins did the same sort of thing. They put uh, Howard on him, who's a physical corner. Parker couldn't compete against that, even though you think he's a big body type of guy. And then I think the Steelers did the same sort of thing, even though Man, the Steelers still play way too much zone. I can't believe they get away with it. They didn't today, but a lot of soft stuff. But, you know, I think I think Mac Jones as a quarterback probably looks at it as like, all right, the cornerback's up on Devontae Parker. He's not getting open. Um, the only way he's going to get open is on back shoulder passes. And Mac thought they had him on third down, but Parker went down the field a bit further than he wanted to. So, I don't know. Is it going to change? It's a great question. It should, but will it? I doubt it. All right, we'll get your thoughts on the uh, the other side of the ball, the defense coming up here in the Shaw's Patriots postgame show. You want to talk to Greg Bedard with your thoughts on the Patriots' win over the Steelers? Give us a call, 617-779-0985. We'll get you on with Greg here in the Shaw's Patriots postgame show. Patriots 17, Steelers 14. Now 1-1 one one on the air for the Pats. Getting ready for the Ravens next week. More coming up here on the Safety Insurance 98.5 Sports of Patriots Radio Network. This is Ty Law, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Celebrate with friends, family, and co-workers at Apex Entertainment in Marlboro. Apex is 100,000 square feet of pure fun for all ages. Be amazed by 30 luxury bowling lanes, go-kart tracks, sports simulators, and more. Come to Marlboro and visit, or check us out at apexentertainment.com. Hey, football fans, it's Bob Sosie, the voice of New England football. If you want to know how my voice stays in peak condition, look no further than my cup of Bigelow tea next to me in the booth. It's an essential part of my game day routine. And when it comes to tea, settling is not an option. Bigelow tea. Grab a mug and tea proudly when fall is more of a mindset than an actual season 
when your cozy sweater is more of a symbol than an actual style, and when the person looking back at you in the mirror agrees that it's time your summer gets a fall refresh, grab a new Blood Orange Dunkin' Refresher. Blood Orange and cranberry flavors mixed with fall spices. It's the perfect fall refresh because you can never fall too hard. Even if some would debate whether it's quite fall yet, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Let's face it, shopping for a used car isn't always a positive experience. But that is about to change. Honda is bringing the plus side to used car buying with Honda True Used. Shop from a selection of vehicles up to 10 years old. Plus, get a Honda-backed limited warranty and other premium benefits. Learn more online or at your local Honda dealer. And discover the better way to buy used with Honda True Used. A friend of mine loves to gamble. Poker, sports, horse racing. Of course, he also loves insurance policies that promise he'll only pay for what he needs. Talk about risky business. Accidents happen. Weather events happen. What he needs and I need and you need is coverage that really protects us. If you're looking for a guaranteed win, ask an independent agent about safety insurance. We'll help you manage life storms and come out ahead. Town Fair Tire is New England's largest name brand discount tire dealer with over 600,000 tires in stock. So we sell Continental tires at prices so low, they can't be beat. We guarantee it. Plus, when you buy Continental tires at Town Fair, we give you more free services for life than any other dealer. For the guaranteed best deal on Continental tires, nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. At Shaw's, they're perfecting the art of fresh. From mouth-watering marbled beef to grill-ready ribs and succulent steaks for any occasion, whether you shop in-store or online. The Shaw's hometown butchers expertly hand-cut and trim your meat right in-house. Crave variety? Shaw's also offers a broad selection of grass-fed, organic, and plant-based favorites. Special orders are welcome, and they're happy to answer any questions you may have. Just ask. Shop for fresh, delicious meats in-store or online. Shaw's. Quality you can taste. Hey, it's Zell. For over 100 years, the Oakers Company has been doing it all when it comes to technology in New England, including audiovisual, managed services, infrastructure, cabling, security, electrical, and more. Reach out to my friends at Oakers and see how one of their divisions can help improve your building's performance. And don't forget, Oakers is the proud home of TouchView Interactive that I love drawing up plays on. And you will, too, at your school or business. To learn more about all the divisions at the Oakers Company, visit Oakers.com. That's O-C-K-E-R-S.com. Proud partner of your New England Patriots. Drinking and driving ruins lives. If you or a loved one is struggling with alcohol or drug use, AdCare can help. Your path to recovery begins at AdCare. Call 1-800-ALCOHOL. That's 1-800-ALCOHOL. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, the best defender in the game against engine wear, provides 15-minute drive-through oil changes and touchless service for busy people. Go to getanoilchange.com to save 15% on your entire invoice and your 15-minute drive-through oil change. Print out the coupon or pull it up on your mobile device. That's getanoilchange.com. The Peterson School has been a leader in teaching the trade since 1946 and is now enrolling for their fall semester in Woburn, Westwood, Worcester, and Haverhill. Visit petersonschool.com to learn more. The Peterson School, we teach the trades. Listen live. Check out our podcast with the 98.5 The Sports Hub app.
Got to go here. Henry split to the right. Three receivers left, including Myers. He's the primary target in this spot. He seems to draw Spillane, a linebacker, who moves in motion. A third and two. The snap to Jones under pressure. He tucks and runs. He's got a first down into a slide. Yes. Mac Jones picking up a first down. He ran on third down. Patriots run for 124 yards as a team today. That's your rushing update brought to you by your New England Ford dealers. Where they're kicking off Ford Truck Month. Place your order and lock in low financing and bonus cash on select Ford trucks during Ford Truck Month. Jim Murray, Joe Murray here on the Shaw's Patriots postgame show. Patriots beat the Steelers 17-14. And joined by Greg Bernard of Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com. What do you make of the Pats' defense today, or is it more about Mitch Trubisky just being terrible? Is that uh, the- Yeah, it was It was hard to tell um, because they're just – that offense is just awful. I mean, I, I was just looking at the stats – how does Chase Claypool, with miniature Miles Bryant on him, only touch the ball four times in the game? And they didn't do a lot of their – they did one end around a gunner for 18 yards on, I think, their their final drive. Yeah, for 13 uh, yards. They did a lot more of that motion, reverses. I mean, Claypool had six carries in, in the opening game against the Bengals, and they did a lot more of that stuff, I guess – you know, I guess Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, only had like one game worth of <laughs> worth of a plan because it didn't seem like he had much in this one. But I mean, you know, Trubisky's just he's he's not good. He's just you know, good athlete, really good arm, but just very skittish, and they, they handle him like you know, basically like the, the Colts did Carson Wentz last year. Um, how a a poor college offense uh, handles a, a mediocre quarterback where it's just like, hey, here's your defined read, and if it's not there, either check it down here or take off with it. Like, that's their offense. I mean, they don't go down the field at all despite having ridiculous weapons with Claypool, Johnson, Pickens. They average 4.2 yards per play, which is just horrendous. They had 4.4, I think, the week before. I mean, it's just it's a, it's a horrible offense. I figured this was going to happen. I figured the Patriots would be a little bit better on offense, and that's the way things the way things planned out. I mean, they obviously had a plan for Matthew Judon. I saw him getting chipped a ton. I thought Barmore made a few more plays this week, uh, but outside of that, I mean, it was it was tough to say like, oh, well, the Patriots made a really good play when it you know when it wasn't a, a poor Steelers play. Yeah, I was just going to mention that the, it seemed like the defense was don't let it, anyone get behind you or get beat deep. Yeah. Uh, which is why I thought Mills at times, if you saw, was playing like a high safety, especially on that uh, on that interception. But c- can you just talk about some of these third downs that they they couldn't make stops on? I know it was third and 17, third and 10, and even third and short. But, you know, they, they struggled on third down. Did you, did you see any positives to that? And do you know why they didn't challenge the one that was third and 17 and short? Did you see anything on that? No, I mean, I, I would have challenged it, um, but obviously Bill didn't. I haven't heard his post game yet, so I, I'm not sure whether he was asked. But it, I think you're right. I think clearly the game plan going in this was try to keep Trubisky within the pocket. Don't let him uh, beat you with his legs. He had only one carry for seven yards in the game. So check mark on that. Uh, don't give up any big plays. Uh, check mark on that. The the Pickens had a 23-yarder. That is, I think, the only 20-plus yard play they had in the game. So I think the Patriots were just fine. They were staying over the top of these guys. Let's not try to give up a big play, especially after what happened in Miami last week with the fourth down play. 
if they convert, great. Make them go as many plays as possible because, you know, they won't be able to do it. The Steelers had uh, one drive, 16-play drive that that resulted in a field goal. Again, <laughs> it's so they had the 75-yard drive for the touchdown. Then they had that 53-yarder. Outside of that, they didn't have a drive over 33 yards. It was very similar in week one. It's like, just, just make them have to drive the field. They're not going to do it, and they couldn't do it. So I'm glad you mentioned that uh, the Deontay Johnson 17-yard conversion that I thought was short. Joe thought it was short. I think anyone watching like, that's short. Why aren't you challenging this? i got to try to find this audio maybe by the time you uh, show up for Felgar and Maz on Tuesday because someone told me that on the Steelers broadcast on the radio, Greg, they suggested, the announcers, that Belichick didn't challenge that play because he was distracted on the sideline talking to the players. And the reason he was doing that is because he didn't really have any real coordinators, you know? So that would speak to oh. too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Like, Because that was one. I was like, where's the red flag? Is he not paying attention? What happened there? Yeah, without question. I mean, I, I thought that was an easy that was an easy challenge sort of there. And, uh, you know, that they didn't, um, you know, that's tough. Uh, let's go to uh, Kelly and Amherst. Let's talk about Jacoby Myers, uh, who was big in the win for the Patriots today. Hey, Kelly. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, you know, I don't really feel all the negativity I'm hearing right now. Uh, there's always going to be something you can nitpick. I feel like last year, you know, Hunter Henry's getting a lot of grabs, and people are going, well, where's uh, where's Nelson Aguilar? And so then, you know, this week, uh, Jacoby and Nelson Aguilar go off, and everyone says, well, where's Hunter Henry? It's like, there's only so many passes to go around. So, uh, you know, at some point, people are just kind of being negative. But I think Jacoby Myers, man, I think a lot of people don't give him the credit that he deserves. I know that he's trying to take over for, like, Julian Edelman. And he is never going to be Julian Edelman. But if he keeps playing like the way he did today, he could end up being like a Wayne Crabette type. He's trending that direction, and that is nothing to sneeze at. So I like Jacoby, and I like the way he's uh, he's playing today and the way they're headed with uh, with him. Thanks, Kelly. So let me put it, put it to you this way, Greg. He's not going to be like a game-breaker like a Justin Jefferson for Minnesota or Diggs for Buffalo. But can he, or is he already, like the guy for Mac Jones when it's third and got to have it? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. Um, I, you know, I was doing the stats earlier, and out of his, so he had nine catches for uh, he had nine catches for 95 yards on 13 targets. Um, I did the numbers earlier for my game report, and I'm just looking for it. Uh, he had of those nine receptions, um, four went for fourth downs and went for first downs, and three were on third downs, and so. You know, to me, that clearly illustrates that he is um, valuable to Mac Jones. Um, you know, the more the more data you get on Jacoby Myers, I think Kelly is right. I think, uh, you know, I think he gets about. I think he he gets the attention that he should deserve, but he, but there's no question that he he looks like he's going to play ten years in a league because you know he does know how to get open, even though it's not a huge cushion. He catches at a high rate. Um, and it comes up with a big spot. I mean, a lot of his catches were contested because, you know, he's not very fast. And so there's a f- defender on his back all the time, but he knows how to use his body to ward off those guys. That's valuable. You know, look, with Jacoby, you sort of know what he is. And, and him being a third, sort of like the third option is ideal. You just hope you have two better receivers who are dynamic, somebody who the defense has to worry about, that they have to put a safety over the top, to create more space and uh, and then another really good athlete who who could take a pass and, and go eighty yards and the Patriots, you know, apparently don't have that guy. You would think that possibly Aguilar and Bourne 
uh, could be those guys. That was the plan. Uh, when they, when they sign those guys, it hasn't come to fruition. But there's no question that Jacoby Myers uh, has immense value. But you know, I, I wouldn't get delusional over it. I don't think he would he would be a huge playmaker in a lot of offenses. And just because he's here and doing that doesn't mean that um, he's among like say the league's elite. Hey Greg, just want to quickly want to ask you about special teams today. Obviously, Miles Bryant uh, had his issues. We saw Kyle Duggar take a kickback. Uh, Nick Folk missed a field goal, and Bailey kicked one out of bounds when they needed it. Just not a strong day on the special teams, and we always talk about the Patriots have to basically do a lot of things right to win the game. That was that was one thing that kind of stood out to me. They they didn't really execute that well, and the Miles Bryant play could have cost them big. I thought I thought it was I thought it was awful on special teams. I mean, if you as long as you say like the gunner play was a complete gift, which it was. Um, I'll be interested to hear what the Steelers have to say about that play because they didn't block Schooler on that play. They double teamed Slater, which could you show you his value? And, and Tomlin certainly talked him up this week. But like, why why weren't the the Steelers were they trying to block the punt? Like what? What were they doing? How do you let Schooler just go down the field like that? But of course, you know, Gunner completely muffed it and went off his face. But Jake Bailey had a, you know, I was looking at that. He had four punts, two went for touchbacks when he really could have pinned them back. And normally he's excellent, but a 41.5 average and a 31.5 net, that's horrendous. And then you have Folk with the missed field goal when it looked like. His range was 53 in warm-ups, apparently, from um, I, I think it was Mike Reese was reporting on that before the game. And he misses from 52, whereas um, who's their kicker? I can't find him on here. Chris uh, Boswell? Yeah, Boswell, who was you know rock solid in this game, made his kick from 52. I, I thought, you know, and Miles Bryant, why are you even fielding the ball on the two-yard line to, to sort of muff it? I mean, it was just... It was bad all around, and you know there were a lot. That's another thing in this game where you just like if they're playing a different opponent, the Patriots don't get away with some of this stuff. But because the Steelers can't get out of their own way and have zero offense, Patriots got away with some stuff today. More with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal coming up after the headlines with Joe Murray. First, though, let's pause ten seconds for station identification here in the Safety Insurance ninety-eight-five, the Sports Hub Patriots Radio Network. <laughs> Home for sports is the Sports Hub. Beasley Media Group Station. Sports Hub headlines. My Patriots get their first win of the year, seventeen to fourteen in Pittsburgh. Mac Jones a touchdown pass to Nelson Aguilar. He had a nice day, six catches, one hundred and ten yards. Jacoby Myers also nine receptions, ninety five yards in this one. Patriots now return home. They'll play the first home game against Baltimore who lost today to Tua Tonga-Vailoa in his six touchdown passes. They, they have scored 21 unanswered points to get the win today. Also, the Jets got the win 31-30 over the Browns. Lions 36-27 over Washington. Buccaneers 20, Saints 10. Giants now 2-0. They won 19-16 today. It was the Jags all over the Colts. They shut them out 24-zip. And currently at halftime, it is the 49ers, 20. Seahawks just scored a touchdown uh, to open the half, 20-7. to seven. Cowboys all over the Bengals, 17-3. to three. Texans and Broncos tied at 6. Raiders, 20. Cardinals, nothing. And the Rams have a 28-3 lead on Atlanta. The nightcap tonight, Packers host the Bears. Headlines are brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change. 
They want to help repair your car for all your road trips. They offer completely contactless service with their 15-minute drive-through service. You don't even need to make an appointment. Visit GettingOilChange.com for a coupon to save on your next oil change. I'm Joe Murray. Your next update is in 30 minutes. Brought to you by Live Nation. Don't miss Greta Van Fleet, the Dreams in Gold Tour 2022. They're coming October 4th to the SNHU Arena in Manchester, New Hampshire. Get tickets now at LiveNation.com. Is that New Zeppelin? Is that Robert Plant? No, 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 no. That is Greta Van Fleet. Shaw's Patriots postgame show with Jim Murray. Joe Murray, still joined by Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com. Um... As you know, we were talking about how Devontae Parker got so much play today. For two straight weeks now, I find myself asking uh, Greg, "Where's Hunter Henry? Are they keeping him in the block that you've noticed?" Like, I feel like you know he is a pass ca- catching tight end. He was a weapon last year in the red zone. I feel like he's hardly being used. What's going on with Hunter Henry? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think he's being used to block uh, an absurd amount or anything like that. I mean, you know, you go into this game. And, um, you know, Janu made a couple of plays in week one. But in this game, your $25 million tight ends uh, have, z- have zero receptions on four targets. And, and especially you would think that Hunter Henry would be pretty involved given the, um, given the, the, the prevalent zone defense that the Steelers like to play. You figured there would be some openings down the field for Hunter, and, and it just hasn't happened. I mean... You know, it's similar to last week against the Dolphins. Like, they, they had that – they threw – when they got inside the 10, um, you know, after the muff, they threw one pass. But, again, it was to, to, to Harris in the flat. They love – Patricia loves these flat routes to Damian Harris. He did it on back-to-back plays against the Dolphins. He did it here. Whereas, like, you know, why aren't, why aren't they looking to, you know, a Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith in the red zone where you think they would have – an advantage. It's it's very puzzling. It's one of those things that they're going to need to get rectified. I mean, today the Patriots were one of three in the red zone. I mean, at least they last week they were one of one. At least they got there three times. Um, you know, one was a gift, but um, yeah, the, they're paying those guys way too much money to not be part of the offense. Do you think maybe the crossing routes early on they were there all day with the you know, they only have really one safety and then they went too high. Does that the does the tight end get in the way in those plays? Because Myers was open all day on those crossing routes. Is that maybe a reason why the tight ends aren't being targeted? No, I don't think so. I mean, you know, they're they're still in the route. I think, um, you know, we'll have to I'll have to look at it on film. It'll be something that I'll, I'll look a little bit closer, you know, this week. But I, I will be interested to see the 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 playing time for the tight ends because it sure seemed like Johnny Smith was on the field a bit more that they. They wanted to utilize eleven personnel more in this game, and it wasn't it wasn't the two tight ends who were on the field. It was it was just one of them, and it was largely Johnu Smith. Um, I could be wrong about that. That's just how it felt during the game. But no, that that kind of stuff shouldn't have any impact on the tight ends. In fact, you should be if you're a good play caller and good offensive coordinator, you should be you know pairing those low concepts with high concepts. Mm-hmm. And basically, what you do is you put the safeties and the linebackers in a bind where you go, 
an under with Myers, but you have somebody coming over the top, whether that's a receiver or a tight end, and you basically put the linebacker in a bind. If he plays a short pass, then you go you go to the deeper option. If they play deep, then you then you check it down. But I think this is a byproduct of I just don't think Mac Jones has very much comfort in what he's doing right now. I don't uh, I don't think he has a clear picture of what he wants to do and and how he's going to distribute the ball. And um, I think the the tight ends are one of those groups that's paying a price right now. Yeah, well, you mentioned uh, you know, just how Mac Jones is is in his comfort. He even said after the game today that he likes being from shotgun. And after he said that, he goes, well, I like going underneath center too. But it, mm-hmm. they did seem to move the ball a little bit better when he was in shotgun. And, and the line looked very engaged early on, despite a you know a holding penalty late from, from Andrews and a couple of false starts. You said it earlier. The line was much better today. But I think he's more comfortable and the offense is better when he's from shotgun. I, mean, I don't think there's any question. I mean, this dates back to the very beginning of training camp. Like, you know um, – their under center stuff does not work very well. Um, you know, the running game seems like it's turning a corner a little bit, so that'll be good. But you know, you figured, especially on that last drive, you're like, all right, you're pulling, you're pulling guards here and there, and then you're like, okay, well, you know, a play caller would say, all right, we've shown them this where we're going to pull the guard and we're running. Now we're going to pull the guard, and then on the backside we're going to have Hunter Henry coming, just like the old John, uh, the old Gronkowski play. Bang action from the Patriots. The Patriots, one of their bread and butter plays when they need something or a significant play. You pull the guard and you do play action and you suck up the linebackers and you hit a guy, normally a tight end, right behind the biting linebackers. And they just have shown like very little of that so far this season. And and I think that's one of the areas where they're going to have to to hit on it if this offense is actually going to be consistent at moving the ball. On that, let's go to Kevin in Connecticut who wants to talk about uh, you know spreading them out and uh, how the offense was running today for the Patriots and their win over Pittsburgh. Hey, Kevin. Hey, I hope you guys can hear me well. Yeah. Great show, great after show. I, the, the big question I have is to Greg Bedard, did they spread them out tonight or did, is yeah. that a mirage for me? No, no, they definitely did. And this is, this is what the Patriots have done for years against the Steelers. It's what the Bengals did. The week before, you know, the divisional, I always look at the divisional matchups. It's it's nice to have one right before the Patriots because those teams know uh, your future opponent better than anybody. And the the Bengals, you know, spread them out. The Bengals just, they're god-awful on the offensive line and can't protect Joe Burrow at all. So that led to a bunch of their issues on offense. But there's no question the Patriots, they came out in 11 personnel. Most of the game was in shotgun. So that clearly... It makes things easier on everybody. It makes things easier on Mac Jones to see, you know, the coverage, to see for the offensive line and for Mac to see where the pressure might be coming from, um, you know, who might be playing over the top uh, of a certain receiver. Where you see that and you're like, oh, well, this guy could be coming from the slot because he's got, he, he's capped by the safety. And so by spreading out the Steelers, everybody does that against them. The Patriots have for years and it certainly worked well for them. I didn't think operationally in terms of, you know, pass blocking and just, you know, having a chance to make the play. I, I think that that worked well for them. Boy, they are a stubborn bunch, eh, Greg? I mean, you mentioned how they were in zone for a lot of today, and it doesn't matter whether that defense is being run by Dick LeBeau, Keith Butler, now Terrell Austin. It's always the same. I felt like defensively I was watching the same team I've watched for the last 20 years. Yeah, it, it's, it's a good point. I do think that at, at a certain point in time – 
the first drive, the Patriots again had a good first drive, and that's that's wonderful. Um, it shows that they had a good plan. You also, you know, part of that's you know the defense is going to be conservative to start, and I thought the Steelers came out in a lot of like soft zone. They did change. I do think they played a lot of man, uh, probably from the second quarter on. That's why there were so many contested catches. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the Steelers are are, are pretty stubborn at at what they do. And um, it doesn't take much for an offense to figure out, you know, the best way to attack them. Yeah, they just got it. They they know get a bunch of. They're hoping for big plays up front, and without T.J. Watt out there, that's limited. You can concentrate on Smith. He made one play because Trent Brown made a mental mistake. But other than that, they didn't send many extra rushers. The Patriots had it had it taken care of. They the the Steelers are basically hoping for pressure and that you'll throw it up with, uh, to their zone defense where they have eyes on the ball and are jumping routes and that's how they play defense they always have. When do you what do you think the timetable is on Kenny Pickett? Obviously they have a short week with Cleveland. If Trubisky doesn't play well, do you think they could see him the following game? And which re- receiver core do you prefer, the Steelers or the Patriots? Is that a joke? Of course, yeah. I of course I want the Steelers receiving core. I mean, I mean, it wasn't a joke. I mean, Pickens really didn't do much, and he's supposed to be one of their big plays. Like none of their receivers made an do, impact. Do today. you do you see who their quarterback is? Yeah, but throw Joe. the ball short. Let them see. I think they can do other things. He 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 reads. He he checks down constantly. Like they don't get the ball into their playmakers' hands. And Fryermuth, whose fault? Whose fault do you well, think that is? Well, the receivers well, or Trubisky well, and their joke of an offensive coordinator? Yeah, I'd go with that. But I, but I do yeah. think though, like I, I'm just trying to look at it as why not Kenny Pickett at this point? Like, and is this oh, probably I, the right time to do it? After, after I completely week? agree with you. With a short week, I would doubt it. I, you know, if, if that that should mean that they have more time to prepare, so it's basically you give Trubisky one more chance against the Browns, and if it looks like it's looked the first two weeks, you got to go to Pickett because they have no they have no downfield passing game, and it, you can't operate as an NFL team like this, especially with an offensive line that doesn't run block very well. Um, you know, maybe maybe they were afraid, and this was so- somewhat of the argument last year about like, hey, do you keep Cam Newton? Do you start him at the beginning of the year? Because the, the offensive line um, isn't settled, and do you not want him to take a beating? That could have been part of the Steelers' calculus where they're like, we're horrible on the offensive line. Like, let's see if it settles down, and then if we feel better about that, then we go with Pickett, who's more of a pocket guy and needs a lot of protection. Carl in Westfield, you're next up here on the Shaw's Patriots post game show. What's up, Carl? Hey, good evening, guys. How are you? Good. Um, I, I agree with what you said. It was a, a good win, yeah, but Mac thrown into double coverage, uh, the interceptions. You can't get away with that against a better team. <laughs> However, this is the one big point I did joyfully and gleefully appreciate. I recall defending Belichick's choice out of the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, Cole Strange, and people were very much questioning that, understandably so, in the first round. And what we saw today was he had a real challenge with that eight-year veteran that was really charging. Cole proved to have his weight today, the way he was able to handle that and keep that guy off. And you guys are right. The offensive line did control the game. This is a point of when one particular aspect of the game isn't on quite point. And the other team is our, the other end today, and that's something I'm really happy to see. The Cole Strange worked out. I'm really proud of his performance. Thanks, Carl. Did Carl uh, did Strange pop to you today, Greg? Uh, I'm going to have to watch the film on that. I I there's so much to watch on this fence at this point. I couldn't zero in on him. I don't. He 
my early impressions could have changed. I did not think that he was matched up on Cam Hayward as much as possible. I thought he got a lot of um, Ogan Joby, who is the other defensive tackle. And, um, you know, so still, I mean, at the end of the game, the offensive line did a really good job. Cole Strange is part of that. I didn't notice any, you know, huge breakdowns for him. So definitely a feather in his cap. Um, you know, I, I didn't have much of a problem with, you know, Cole Strange. I mean, he's talented. Um, you know, it was more of a question about, you know, taking him in the first round. Did you take him there? And did you pass on other things like a cornerback or, you know, what have you that would have been a little bit more essential to this year's team? Well, one more segment to go. Wick Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal with your phone calls. If you'd like to join us, one seven 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 nine zero ninety eight five. Patriots now 1-1 one one on the season. They go into Pittsburgh, win their first game of the year. Again, Patriots 17, Steelers 14. More coming up here in the Safety Insurance. 98.5 Sports Hub, Patriots Radio Network. I'm offensive tackle Justin Haran. I'm partnering with the Credit Union's Kids at Heart team to fund new research into Moya Moya disease in children. We need your help. Learn more at cukidsatheart.org. The first downs to fight Moya Moya is generously supported by Digital Federal Credit Union and Vertify Software. It's time to eat, sleep, and drink pumpkin at Dunkin' with pumpkin muffins, munchkins, and donuts. Pair them with a classic pumpkin spice signature latte or the ultra-smooth pumpkin cream cold brew. Price of participation may vary. Limited time offer terms apply. Let me grab my car keys and we'll roll. We still going to that new bar downtown? Yeah, supposed to be fun. Lexi, give me driving directions from home to downtown bar district. Autocorrect. Suggest oop, drop off downtown bar district. No, I'm driving. Suggest the metro bus. Departing in 12 minutes. Point taken, Lexi. We'll grab a ride. If you drink, don't drive. Decide to ride. Brought to you in partnership by Anheuser-Busch, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, and Uber. Sitting at home binge-watching lately? Viewer discretion advised. You may now be sitting on a gold mine. In just two years, median home values increased by almost 30%. But without the proper insurance, that value could be lost. Talk to an independent agent about safety insurance. Get the peace of mind that comes from knowing you're truly protected. No matter what, ask an independent agent about safety insurance. We'll help you manage life storms. Are you looking for a rewarding new career? Join the United States Postal Service and apply for roles nationwide. Serve your community with pride and receive benefits including competitive pay and opportunities for advancement. Whether you are looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal positions, we have options that may be perfect for you. The United States Postal Service is an equal opportunity employer. Apply now at usps.com careers. At Shaw's, they're perfecting the art of fresh. From mouth-watering marble beef to grill-ready ribs and succulent steaks for any occasion, whether you shop in-store or online. The Shaw's hometown butchers expertly hand-cut and trim your meat right in-house. Grave variety? Shaw's also offers a broad selection of grass-fed, organic, and plant-based favorites. Special orders are welcome, and they're happy to answer any questions you may have. Just ask. Shop for fresh, delicious meats in-store or online. Shaw's. Quality you can taste. Are you ready for your palm reading, my dear? Yeah, let's do this. I sense that you crave something. More reliable. Right. You know you deserve better and want out of a relationship. Yes, with my big-name wireless carrier. You're who now? My big-name wireless carrier. That's why I switched to get unlimited with 5G for $30 per month on the most reliable 5G network. Uh, Let's talk about your aura. It's so... 
They can even save you one year on your wireless bill over T-Mobile, AT&T, and Verizon. Wow, that's actually impressive. Yep, but you already knew that, didn't you? Oh yeah, I definitely saw this coming. Start seeing savings today. Switch to the Fastest Mobile service, Xfinity Mobile, now with the best price on two lines of unlimited, just $30 a line per month. Switch today. Xfinity internet required. Price comparison for two unlimited lines under available 5G pricing plans of top three carriers. Taxes and fees extra. Reduced speeds up to 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Most reliable based on root metrics. US report. Comcast analysis of mobile Wi-Fi and cellular data from Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Q2 2022. Long week? It's time for a smooth Tito's handmade vodka cocktail. Staying in or going out, serving cocktails for two, or mixing drinks for the squad. Barbecuing in the backyard or snagging your favorite bar stool. No matter the occasion, just add Tito's to kick off the weekend just right. Tito's handmade vodka is distilled and is naturally gluten free. Find recipes and more at Tito'sVodka.com. 40% alcohol by vodka, 80 proof. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Rising energy costs will challenge homeowners for the foreseeable future. Call Devlin Energy and say goodbye to expensive electric bills forever. Don't wait. Call 800-818-5641. That's 800-818-5641. Or visit DevlinEnergy.com to get a quote. Devlin Energy, the most trusted solar company in New England. The home of the Rivs, the sports hub. Jones extending the hands, taking the shorter high snaps. Pittsburgh rushes forward with a twist. A throw down the middle and a leaping t- by Jacoby. Which brings it down in Pitt's territory on the far side of the 48 yeah, in former Bill Levi Walton. And Jacoby Myers was my star of the day for the Patriots in their 17-14 win over Pittsburgh. Mac Jones to Myers there, 16 yards and a first down. New England converting 18 first downs today. And with every first down, Credit Union's Kids at Heart will help fund promising studies into Moya Moya as well as clinical care tools for children affected. Learn more at cukidsatheart.org. That's cukidsatheart.org. Dot org. Jim Murray, Joe Murray, last segment here with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal before he takes off. Uh, let's go back to your calls. You got to, uh, want to talk to Greg here in this final segment with him, 617-779-0985. Zach in Maine, next here on the Shaw's Patriots postgame show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, what's up? Nothing much, guys. Just calling up to ask you guys, how much does Baltimore want to kick our butts after this big loss uh, over there uh, against Miami today, a uh, home loss? Uh, I just feel like uh, Baltimore is going to be a really tough opponent next week. I'm actually going to that game, so really excited. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Zach. Well, the Patriots, I would think, would get a bump. It's their first uh, you know, home game this season. Usually you don't see them start uh, the first couple of games on the road. But I don't know if you had a half eye on what was going on in Baltimore today. In their game against Miami, the Dolphins come back and score 28 points in the fourth quarter, outscore Ravens 28-3 in that fourth. They end up... Winning Tua goes off for the six touchdowns. Is their defense just that bad, Greg? It's a great question. I mean, um, you know, I, I did I did see a little bit of what was going on in that game. Um, you know, the Ravens are one of these teams that's always you know like Jekyll and Hyde. Like when they're dialed in, they're as good as anybody, but they they can become quickly unfocused and going up. I think it was like twenty eight to seven. I could totally see them. Uh, sort of laying back and and thinking that the game was over, and then you know credit to the Dolphins. I I, I think it speaks. I, I haven't seen any of the game, so I'm just talking out of my rear end here. But um, I do think you know after watching the Dolphins last week, I mean my impression of the Dolphins was, boy, the Patriots got lucky they caught that Dolphins team in Week One with first game for Mike McDaniel, first game of a new system. Like I'm not looking forward to seeing them at the end of the year because they'll be a lot better then. I didn't think it would be in week two um, that all of a sudden they start clicking, but there's a lot of 
there's a lot of good things going on in that offense. They got a lot of talent. If the offensive line gels, um, they have so many weapons. McDaniel, that system uses it the right way. That is, that's an impressive operation there. If they stay healthy and get, you know, protection for, for Tua. Uh, so it's hard for me to say <clears throat> it's the Ravens defense, but it's, I think Zach makes a good point. I was just thinking of that as well. Like, you got to think that these Ravens are going to be grumpy coming in here now. But the other side of the coin is you also might be getting a bit of a tired team, sort of like you did against the Steelers. While right. that game didn't go to overtime, um, they had to put out a lot more effort than I think they thought they were going to need to being up 28-7. to Yeah, Lamar Jackson has been awesome. The last two games he rushed for 119 yards today, threw for another 303 uh, touchdowns. Their problem is they, they can't run the football if it's not Jackson – uh, they've tried Kenyon Drake. They have injuries all over the place. But we remember that uh, performance in the fog a couple of years ago was one of Belichick's you know better coaching performances. Yep. What what do you think they do next week? Do they try to really you know st- uh, fill the box and try to stop the run? Uh, and then obviously at at safety, uh, this kid Andrews at tight end, he can be a problem here. I know Duggar had a, a knee injury. Did you any update on him? And he came. Did he come back into the game? I don't think he did. Okay. Um, you know, so I, I do not have an update on that. That would be uh, a big loss for them. I think when you're talking about the Ravens, you, your number one focus is don't let Lamar Jackson get loose. Um, the the Patriots have had a tough time with that. They normally do with mobile quarterbacks. And the second thing is don't let Andrews beat you, um, which I do think the last time they played, um, or at least I'm remembering a game at Baltimore um, when he had a really big game against the Patriots. And then, you know, if Lamar wants to throw outside the numbers and beat you with these wide receivers, you know, Bateman and, you know, they've gotten better there, but I would, I would be okay. If keep Lamar limited on the ground and limit Andrews, I think you can live with everything else. And I think that's sort of the plan against them. John in Connecticut next year on the Sean's Patriots post game show with Greg Bedard. Go ahead, John. Hi, first time uh, call a long time listener to your show. Hey, thanks. Um, Listen, two quick comments I wanted to make. Number one, I think that, uh, you know, I think the Patriots won the game today because they made, you know, fewer mistakes than the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's, that's a little bit of a negative, but as Bill yep. Chuck said, you take it. And over the years, uh, they've had a lot of games with Pittsburgh and their big rivalry. And it seems when they play the Steelers, it's a big game. They didn't want to go 0-2. Um, and the last second quick comment is I love your uh, – Bringing up the, the the topic of the tight ends, I think you're, you're right on. Uh, they should they 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 have a capability to use them um, to much more of an effect. Thanks, guys. Thanks, John. Yeah, it's weird. I, I will say, you know, good points by John. One thing that he brings up, but just thinking about the tight ends, you know, I see them being used a lot more by uh, Patricia than McDaniel's as sort of. Uh, decoy slash like pick players like they're they're setting things up a lot for the receivers and it seems like in my mind I don't know how you guys read it but in the early going and we only have two games worth so uh, you know this could be totally off but it sure seems like to me that Patricia designs a lot more stuff or puts more of an emphasis on getting the ball in the wide receivers hands um, certainly short of the short variety they're hoping for more yak and things like that instead of you know, working combinations where, you know, like I pointed out earlier, sort of like a high-low play-action combination. Again, we saw barely any play-action 
in this game. And, you know, I, I don't know how once or twice a game you don't go play action to Hunter Henry in the seam. It's his bread and butter. It's what he does well. It, it makes the Patriots tougher to defend when you do that, and it's something I would like to see going forward. Yeah, and I just wanted to bring up one more thing about uh, Mac Jones and, and, and when it comes to the Ravens. Marcus Williams had a huge game. He's a great safety uh, for, for the Ravens. He'll be all over the field. But I, I wanted to ask you, Mac struggled today. Uh, I think that's the biggest takeaway is, who? what if he is just, just this type of quarterback? But do you think there was anything of a back injury? Did you see anything that maybe that's the reason why he had struggles today? Uh, Joe, I, he, he might, but I, I can just tell you I did not have that thought today at all. I, I just saw a quarterback who, um, you know, for whatever reason, and, uh, you know, I have I have more of, as a football guy and I watch a lot of film, I have more of a bias against, um, you know, plans and things like that. And so, like, I just, you know, I watch these other guys. I walk, watched McDaniel last week. I watched Josh McDaniels and the Raiders, you know, last week in their game against the Chargers where the – the, the Raiders really should have won that game. If Carr doesn't make three p- bad picks, even with three bad picks, the Raiders had the ball in their hands and a chance to win the game and, and, and couldn't get it done. Um, you know, seeing really good offensive coordinator with their plans and their coordination. And you see that around the league. You just don't see that here. And, and I think what we're learning now, which, you know, some of us knew last year is that they had to set up a lot of stuff for Mac Jones. They had to bring Mac Jones along and there's some things that you have to do with young quarterbacks to put them in a position to be successful and I think right now they're just they're treating him as a veteran and putting a lot on his plate and and think that he's capable of just handling it and I just don't think he's there yet will he get there at some point in time could the coaches be right and they're just ahead of the game and figure Mac will grow into it certainly possible but that's sort of where they are right now Go to John in the truck. Uh, last call here with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal before he takes off. Go ahead, John. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. What's up? Um, I so here's what I think. I think like if you fall back, like I think everybody's thinking like this is the Pats of the last twenty years, but go back twenty years plus one uh, with and the up and coming Pats, and you know we built a new stadium and everything like that. That's where we're at and. This was a great win today, and celebrate it. Like, it's the way I feel. Like, the kids are good. Defense is pretty good. Coaching is pretty good. It's the way I feel. All right, John, it is a good win for them. I mean, any win on the road is a good win, I'm going to say that. But let me ask you this as we wrap, Greg. With this win, will that keep the Wolves at bay for at least this week? In other words, are we going to go a week without bashing or questioning Matt Patricia in this offense once you and others go through the coaches' tape? Uh, I don't know if I could say that. I mean, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, do I think your buddies Felger and Maz will just say, "Oh, everything's all right," and you know, the offense is awesome? Like, no. I mean, you know, look, John and others are certainly entitled to fa- feel the way that they feel, and um, you know, if they're just happy with a win on the road against a mediocre Steelers team, that's fine. I mean, they got a win today, and I thought the most impressive thing was the way they finished off the game, and. Nobody could take anything away from them with that aspect. And that was big. And maybe that's our identity. And maybe they, that's a springboard into future weeks. But, um, you know, look, I'm a realist. And like I said, they have one real scoring drive in two games. Um, and, you know, that's an issue. And I think, I think there are serious issues with the offense. And, you know, so through this game, what have they scored? They've scored now 21 points in two games. 
you know, they were the sixth highest scoring team last year, you know, with a rookie quarterback and a bunch of new guys in the system. Um, and they are far off that pace. I mean, you know, is everybody going to, is everybody going to relax a little bit? Yeah, sure. They're one and one. They're not and two when the ceiling would be falling, but, um, they need to, they need to show that they can build off this and at least be competitive against Baltimore, uh, in their home opener. More of Greg's insight on this game and the Patriots at bostonsportsjournal.com. And, of course, we will hear you with Felger and Maz Tuesday at 2 for a Big Boy Tuesday. Thanks, Greg. Absolutely. See you guys.